Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Every year there is a report that is put together by a group called Freedom House, which is called Freedom on the Net, and it is a breakdown, a look at how we're doing in the world with internet freedom. It's kind of an important deal for obvious reasons because the internet is supposed to be, supposed to be that thing that equalizes everybody, that everyone has access to, that we can know what's actually happening. We don't have to have government intervention. We can don't have to have the media. We, we can just have everybody has their say. It's a very equal level playing field kind of platform. Well, not always. Because in this report that came out last week, uh, the numbers show that of the 65 countries studied in this, checked up on, 26 have had a decline in internet freedom since June of last year. So the last year and a half, not even a year and a half, the freedom that people are having on the internet for 26 people in 26 countries is on its way down. Alan Mendelson is an internet lawyer. We bring him on here whenever we want intelligence about the internet. He joins us now. Alan, thanks for doing this today. My pleasure, Scott. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm well. I was doing even better until I read much of this report and got completely depressed about some of it. But Because uh, yeah. the whole idea of the internet, as I think of it, now not everyone may share this view, but my thought is this is the place for a free exchange of ideas and debate debate and commerce and, and all that stuff, and it seems like that's not really the case. Well, unfortunately it isn't, Scott. Uh, you know, the, when I wrote, so, you know, just to give your listeners a little bit ba- of background, you, the nonprofit organization Freedom House gets local experts to write reports about freedom on the net in their individual countries. And I am responsible for writing the freedom on the net report for Canada and have been for the last three years. And it's quite easy to write the freedom on the net report for Canada. We do not have the limits placed on the internet. I mean, we all think our internet is expensive and yes, our data plans are through the roof sometimes. And if you live in a, you know, a northern region or a rural area, it can be hard to get Internet. And these are issues that we need to deal with here in Canada. But there are countries around the world where the problems that can be, I, I can't even, you can't even imagine and your listeners cannot even imagine what happens in certain countries in the world for, for example, bloggers who are literally imprisoned for things that they write on their blogs or the amount of censorship that goes on um, for certain, you know, by certain governments, a number of which, you know, the listeners can imagine. It's, uh, it is quite distressing. And, uh, you know, normally you and I, Scott, have a good time talking about things internet-wise. Um, but this topic is, uh, it hits, it should hit close to home for those of us in Canada you know, we need to recognize that around the world, the internet is not free the way it is here. Well, let's go through a few of the greatest offenders, and we could spend a lot of time on this, but we won't do all the countries, obviously. Right at the top of the list, and there's a grading scale of not, the higher the score, the worse it is as far as ability to have freedom on the internet. China, right at the top with 88 out of 100. That would be a bad number, by the way, unlike when you're in school for math, which I would dream <laughs> of an 88. Uh, this would be a bad one. 
some of the things that have gone on in China, especially with their cybersecurity, with this trying to put everybody into a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, where everyone is digitized, basically, and everything you right. do is, is controlled. Uh, t- talk about China a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what are some of the things that are going on in China with the Internet? Well, you know, first of all, the amount of censorship that is imposed on users within China by the government is incredibly significant. They, the government has the ability to essentially block any website they want. Um, it has the ability to, and this, there was a law passed last year by the Chinese government that makes people, forces people to register using their real names to do anything on the internet. And many of your listeners and many of my friends and myself uh, have had the pleasure here in Canada and North America to be able to make an anonymous comment on the Internet that is essentially not possible in China. China, we also say here in North America, well, we can get around these restrictions using VPNs, virtual private networks, which sort of mask where you're coming from and where you are and sure here in Canada we have the ability to use VPNs in China those are essentially banned and are are, you are not able to mask your location and information about you Um, you know so the restrictions on a Chinese um, citizen use of the internet are, are are something that is very difficult for us here in the West to understand. One of the things that was written in with the China report that stunned me about this is that we would like to believe that North Americans, North American companies, that those of us would be really offended by this and do anything we can to not allow this to continue. But there is one very, very large company that I guess sells and builds a lot of their equipment in China and seems to be, I don't know if the right word is playing along, but certainly acquiescing to a lot of these demands. Certainly. And, uh, you know, the company you're referring to is Apple. And, you know, for the most part, most, you know, iPhones, iPads, iMac Pros, etc., you know, they are generally, MacBook Pros, excuse me, they are generally built in China. And the amount of factories that produce Apple goods in China are so significant that Apple certainly does its best to not offend the Chinese government lest they have problems with those factories. Now, Apple is certainly named in the China report, but Apple is certainly not alone in the, you know, the production of hardware products that are used by North American electronics and computers and phone users, most of the phones, whether they be Apple or some other product, are, for the most part, are built in China. And as a result, the large technology companies tend to give the Chinese government a bit of a pass when it comes to some of the nastier things that they do. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Chatting with Alan Mendelson, an internet lawyer, about some of the stuff going on with this report uh, from Freedom House about freedom on the net and the lack of freedom in a lot of cases on the net. Now, one of the 
In the report, there is a graphic, and I'm going to try and explain this as fast as I can because people obviously can't see it. We are still on radio. We haven't figured the technology <laughs> out to show graphics yet on the radio. Someday, but it exp- Scott. Someday, Scott. We'll Someday. It's that. coming, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's the, called the China Model of Internet Control. Here is the very brief. I'll read it really quickly. The various methods they take to try and block you. It starts with fi- the Great Firewall, they call it. The Great Wall. Yeah, I get it. Uh, where everything pretty much they don't want is blocked. Content removal where anything that gets through is taken down by the government, technical attacks on dissidents, revoking access to the internet if they find that you are one of the people using it, online manipulation where government commentators just drown out whatever is left, legislating censorship, high-tech surveillance of citizens' behavior and facial recognition. Then, if there's anybody still doing it, critics are arrested, and digital activists uh, have often been just disappeared. And if that doesn't discourage you from doing it, Well, you know, and you start to look at that, Alan, and you say, who in the world would have the guts, quite honestly, to persist and continue to be critical of a government when you see what's happening in that kind of place? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking at that same graphic that you are. And, you know, what's interesting about, I find interesting about that graphic, Scott, is that you've described what China does to control its Internet. But if you look at some of the individual things the, that the quote-unquote China model has, many of those things can be found in numerous other countries around the right. world. And even in countries that you would not expect there would to be some sort of Internet control. So, you know, we talk about, you know, the United States, for example, having the freest Internet of everyone. And, and there are legislative protections in place in place that allow that. But when you talk about online manipulation, well, you can only have to look at the 2016 election and alleged interference in the 2016 election where that would be the same sort of thing that even happened in the United States. High tech surveillance. Well, this is something that might even be going on right now in the United States. I'm not saying that in the United States any critics are being arrested or bloggers are being thrown in jail and so forth. But, you know, portions of these things of the China model happen in any almost any country in the world from the United States through China to Russia, to Turkey, to wherever. Well, the 2016 election, you're talking about the stuff, and everyone knows what we're talking about, that is from outside players. That was supposedly from Russia. We haven't got proof of that yet. That's what Mr. Mueller is still investigating, but that's what they were saying. But there was a piece just in the Daily Mail today over in Britain that says, and this is the headline, the quote, Google engineers debated whether to change algorithms to push conservative media outlets lower in search results after Trump won the 2016 election. I don't know if that's actually happening. I don't know if that story is accurate. But you look and you say, whether it's conservative or anything else, it's not like we still even here have a perfectly free and democratic and absolutely free Internet. Absolutely not. And, you know, any computer Internet experts will tell you that there are ways to tweak with the systems of Google algorithms, of Facebook algorithms, of YouTube algorithms, etc., in order to have your content presented um, as much as possible. And that was clearly the case, most likely clearly the case with respect to Facebook and the 2016 election. So, you know, there's are ways that the online space is being manipulated by, you know, allegedly nefarious actors in any number of ways, 
um, and it's just taken to extremes in some other countries around the world, as is shown in the Freedom of the Net report. If we can manipulate, though, that way, the United States, for example, has military technology. You can hit a tool shed from a thousand miles away with a nuclear, or not nuclear, but with a, with a warhead, with some sort of missile or something. I mean, you can, it, it's very precise. We have technology that is beyond what we've ever imagined. Could we not build an unblockable internet if we wanted to so that they couldn't clear it out? Well, I, you know, I, I think so. But the fact is that even, you know, so many of the uh, large internet companies that we're used to dealing with, they function on a basis of some sort of algorithm that are, that are programmed by humans, but at the same time can be manipulated. So whether that's you know, possible to have a, a truly free, truly egalitarian internet when Facebook and Google control so much of the content not necessarily controlling it by human means, but by an algorithm that was programmed by somebody, that's the question we need to ask. I've got 30 seconds, and I'm going to ask you the dumbest question that I may ever ask you. Could we ever start a second internet, basically do a restart to get rid of these massive companies and have real freedom? Absolutely. The technology is there that would allow nothing to be, quote-unquote, pushed to the top by somebody. But the problem is, is that becomes an internet that is very difficult to use for the average user. The average user needs Facebook and Google in order to operate the internet properly and to take away those functionalities, you know, will make all their lives difficult. Alan Mendelson, uh, always love having you on. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we will be back in touch, I'm sure. If Well, we'll be back in touch before next year's report, which will be even more <laughs> depressing, I'm sure. But thank you for the time. My pleasure as always, Scott. Have a great night. You as well. It's uh, That is depressing. 26 countries with a <laughs> when it comes to internet freedom. And when you read, and you can go online and read it, when you go online, it's Freedom House is the name of the company, the name of the group. When you read, we just touched on China, some of the other places and what's happening to people who violate the country's rules around the internet. You don't want to do that. It's just not worth the risk. And so you end up with no freedom. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.